Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is episode 34 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today I want to share with you a first lesson from my Piano Power Booster 1 course. beautiful teachers. So today's episode of the podcast is a little bit different. Welcome back if you've been with me before and welcome if it's your first time here. Today I'm going to be sharing with you a first lesson from my Piano Power Booster 1 course which was just released recently inside the Vibrant Music Teaching site. This course takes you through 40 weeks of lessons with a new beginner piano student of age about seven or eight average age beginner and up. So some students in my studio and the studio of members of Vibrant Music Teaching, if they start as a preschooler, they would start in Tiny Finger Takeoff, which is another course, another set of 40 weeks of lesson plans, and then they would transition into this. But if they're starting at around age seven or over, they would usually start directly in this program. Now, what the Piano Power Booster is, is it's a way to teach all the stuff that you need to include that isn't just pieces. So this is one of my but the pieces plans. They're exactly what they sound like. Each plan will take around 20 minutes. It's a jam-packed 20 minutes though, so you could easily stretch it to half an hour if you wanted to. But it's designed to be used alongside a method book, a set of classical repertoire, or rope pieces, whatever you like, whatever you want to use. This is all the other stuff. It's the oral work, it's the rhythm work, it's technique, and it's theory. So by laying out all of these other skills using improvisation, games, and other interactive and fun activities for students, I'm helping you to create well-rounded musicians in your studio. Students who can not only play music that's written in front of them, but can improvise and feel free doing that, who play with great technique, who have amazing rhythmic foundations that carry them through all of their studies. So it's about keeping everything in mind the whole way through their progression and not just allowing a method book or an exam system or anything like that to take over. Having more thought about what we're teaching and when we're teaching it and getting more creative, getting them off the bench more and making it more enjoyable as well. So the Piano Power Booster 1 is the first year of lessons with most students and each week is about 20 minutes. Today I'm going to share with you just the first lesson 
These are actually videos inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So if you're a member, you may prefer to watch the video version. That's inside the video library. Um, but you're welcome to keep listening here too if you prefer. I will occasionally gesture to things or be talking about things that are in front of me, but I'm pretty sure you'll still be able to follow what I'm saying, the examples that I'm giving throughout the lesson. So without further ado, let me share with you this first lesson from the Piano Power Booster 1. Well, hello there and welcome to lesson one of Piano Power Booster 1. This might be your student's very first lesson. So the most important thing today is to have some fun with them and start to build your rapport. And we're going to do that through a few different activities. The first thing we're going to do is work on the warm up routine, as I call it, which is really a way to get their shoulders relaxed, their arms relaxed and get them to feel their arm weight. So what we do is stand up facing each other and then we swing our arms around. You'll be standing up. I'm sitting down because I'll be out of the video. <laughs> Swing our arms around, it's sometimes called knocking on heaven's door, this motion. And then that's just to loosen up the arms. Then lift them up and let them fall down by your sides. Do that about three times and you're ready to go to the piano. The reason I do this, as I say, is to get them to loosen up their arms and to feel the weight of them so that they can play into the keys, dropping into the keys rather than forcing right, as some students will do, and also so that we can relieve any tension, any tension at all. So that's the first thing we'll do. Then we'll go to the piano and talk about good piano posture, how to sit, how to position the bench, where to put your footstool and all of that good stuff. And that's when I introduce my friend Steve here. Steve is my little technique assistant, if you haven't met him before. And Steve comes down whenever there's a problem with technique and posture. Steve is my alter ego and he does the jobs I might not want to do, like nagging my student about their round hand shape. So Steve will just come down and put his little claw underneath there. Students love him. They find him really funny. He loves to sit on people's heads to check their posture and all of that kind of stuff. So that's what we'll be doing this stage, introducing piano posture and Steve so that they get used to Steve the stickler and how he works. From there, we'll talk about the keyboard geography and how there are groups of two and three black keys. And the dogs and gates are a really useful tool for this. So I'll get my student to place the dogs on the two black keys and the gates on the three black keys, just to make sure that they can find all of those patterns. You'd be surprised, even older beginners might not see that straight away or might not be able to point it out immediately. But once they do that activity, it's all clear. You're all on the same page. That's how the piano is structured. And that's how we find our way around. Once the dogs and gates are laid out, you can get your student to play all the Ds. And then you can take them away, get them to play the groups of black keys and all the Ds again, so that they're finding those in the middle of the two black keys. That is the easiest key, by the way, to find if you haven't realized that already. Uh, the two, the ones in the middle of the three black keys can be confused with each other. The sides of either can be confused with each other, but there's no question D is in the middle of the two black keys. So he's the easiest to find to start out with. And I always start with him. Once you've done that and your student is starting to find their way around the piano, um, I would do some oral training. And this is a great chance to get your student up and moving again and keep those wiggles out of their system. Um, for this, we use the oral paddles. Now, in this lesson, I've suggested you use high and low and then loud and soft. However, what I have on hand here is same and different. I hope you'll excuse that. So what we do is give our student a matching pair. 
one in each hand, and then we play something and they need to hold up the correct one. Really that simple. You could just ask them to answer, but it's way more fun if they have something to hold up. And um, it just helps to make the whole thing into a game. So you play a high sound or a low sound and see if they can identify what it is. Then switch to loud and soft and do the same thing. Make sure you mix up those two things. Do low sounds that are soft and high sounds that are loud to make sure that they can tell the difference between those two concepts because some students get those confused. Next, we're going to just check in with their sense of beat. So what we're going to do here is we're going to play the music in this case, and they're going to beat, do the beat. So I'd ask them to tap along with me while I play and then just start something simple, just and see if they can stay with that. If they can, great, move to just some dotted rhythms or something. And try to strip them off a little bit if they're really good at it. If they can't, start tapping your foot while you do it. And encourage them to follow your foot. If they still can't follow you, take off one hand and use that to tap so you're doing the exact same thing as them. If they still can't follow you, make a mental note because this student needs some serious work on feeling the beat. And you'd want to start every lesson from here on out with some beat work, if, if that's the case, because it just it will need so much reinforcement if they've got no sense of it, even with those basic activities, if they're, say, over the age of six or seven. Now, the last activity today is some improv. Um, and this is again to work on keyboard geography. I've given you a pattern here that you can use. You don't have to use it. You can use any chord progression you like. I've just given you samples throughout this But the Pieces plan so that you feel comfortable if you're a person who gets terrified when there's no book in front of you, right? And you can find all of these at the end of the PDF in one neatly laid out this is horizontal, vertical, package. So this one just goes. Do you recognize it? Okay, so it's actually Canon and D. I've borrowed a little bit here, but I've turned it into a waltz because no real reason except that I like to vary the time signature a lot throughout these kinds of exercises so that they're hearing music especially in triple meter, because that does not exist on the radio. In case you haven't noticed, it's been banished from pop music. So introducing triple meter is really important so that when they get to that in classical pieces, they have some sense of what it is and they have it in their ear. So I just do it in little, little ways like this exercise right here. While we're playing this lovely Canon waltz, they are going to be playing making as interesting music as they can using only Ds. That's their challenge, it's a little challenge for them. The point is they're gonna to have to do really interesting rhythm patterns to try and make it sound good. They can use any D. etc. It's really just about finding Ds, but it also introduces the idea that improv should sound good. It's not just play whatever you want, but you should be listening, actively listening the whole time, trying to make interesting music, and really that there is no wrong answer. You sure try and play only Ds, but even if they play a wrong note and they look at you like oh, deer in the headlights, 
just keep going. Just say, doesn't matter, keep going. There's no wrong notes at all. And this will just get them used to finding Ds and get them used to the idea of improvising and having some fun together at the piano. So that's it for lesson one. I'll see you back here for lesson two. Okay, I really hope you enjoyed that sample from my Piano Power Booster 1 course. That is, as I said, the first lesson of 40 weeks. And so there's 40 weeks of plans. It comes with a fully laid out book of all the lesson plans um, with space for you to write notes and with bullet points, short to the point directions of what you need to do. And of course, there's a video for each one so that you can hear me talk about and explain why we're doing what we're doing and see me demonstrating the activities when they're needed as well. So I hope that gave you an insight into what this course is all about and why you might want it. If you're not a member yet, you can sign up at vmt.ninja and you'll get instant access to that course and tons of other fantastic resources like the Tiny Finger Takeoff, which I mentioned earlier, which is for preschoolers. It's like the preschooler version of this. And you'll get access to tons of other courses like the Chord Crash course, the Circle of Fifths Odyssey, all of these different sets of plans, as well as the full games and improvisation activity library, which is massive at this stage. It's full of all sorts of things for teaching every theory topic you could possibly imagine. And you'll get the support of the community and access to me once a month on the office hours as well. So it's a great deal. You can sign up at vmt.ninja to take advantage of all that I have to offer inside Vibrant Music Teaching. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this quick sample from the Piano Power Booster 1. And I'll catch you again next week on another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. Vibrant Music Teaching members can get the full Piano Power Booster 1 course inside the video library whenever they're ready to dive in. If you're not a member, you can sign up today at vmt.ninja. See you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.